Hey everybody, how you doing today? This is Pastor Chip again, hanging out. One of my favorite spots. If you hear the fire popping and the creek running behind me, Keith knows right where I'm at. Ain't that right, Keith? Just out here today on a chilly day. Thought I'd have a little fire and hey, we could call this my fireside chat, right? <laughs> So anyway, today, I think I'm going to talk about being a Christian ain't easy. And you know, this has been on my heart all weekend since last Thursday. And um, last Friday, I was out of town. I didn't get a chance to do it. So we're going to talk about it today. And the verse I'm going to use, I'm going to start off with the verse, is John 12. And we're going to start with 9. And this is, this is when Jesus was uh, gone to Lazarus' house. And uh, uh, Mary and Martha were there. And that's a whole other story about you know them wiping Jesus' feet off with expensive oil and all. But, but Lazarus... Maybe I need to go back and cover Lazarus for you one day. But Lazarus had been raised from the dead by Jesus, his friend. And that's, we don't know a whole lot about Lazarus. We just know that, you know, he was Jesus' friend and very close. And and he died and, and Jesus rose him from the dead. But, you know, those Sadducees and Pharisees, they was... Hot on Jesus like a heat-seeking missile. They was looking for anything to get at him. Any way to get at him. I guess you could say they were probably the earliest form of the mafia. They was going after him. Had a vendetta. But verse 9, John 12 verse 9, it says, Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they, that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So you see, being a Christian ain't easy. A lot of people... I won't say you're not up to the task. You're just not up to making that sacrifice for the task. Everybody's up for the task. It's just whether or not... Whether or not you can accept... You know, it's like that old Mission Impossible TV show that used to come on years ago. This is your... This is your mission if you choose to accept it. You know, if you choose to be a Christian, Jesus tells us many, many times, it's not going to be easy. He says we're going to be persecuted, we're going to be hunted. And you know, it's more important today than ever has been to be a Christian 
and to vote. You know, our world is trying to eradicate Christians through the ballot box and the political office. And, you know, I know a lot of young people don't remember it, and a lot of people my age don't personally remember it, but we had relatives that were there. But, you know, there was a man named Hitler who tried to eradicate a religious group of people, the Jews, just because he didn't like them. And he used military force, uh, concentration camps, starvation, let people confiscate their property. And you know, that's exactly where we're getting at today. There are Christians that are being litigated in court because they won't bake a cake because it goes against their religious beliefs. There are Christians being, you know, just like like the old days. They're being spit on and beat, pushed, knocked around just because you're a Christian. And, you know, a lot of Christians like to say, well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. It's not going to matter to me. Well, what did I just read you? If I, if it was in the Bible 2,000 years ago, what the heck makes you think you're safe from it today? It says the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. If you are a person and you're a Christian, then you represent all that is evil in their eyes. Or it's really we represent all that is good, but to them... You represent everything that goes against what they live, what they stand for, how they act. And because of that, you're a boil that needs to be lanced. You're an ant that needs to be squashed. You're no different than the COVID-19 to them. I just don't understand how a lot of people just stand by and think, it's okay. I got a lock on my door and there's a policeman nearby. Locks keep honest people out. Windows are much easier to get into. And police, I mean, if you think about the statistics of your police departments, people... I'm going to burst a lot of these bubbles right now. If you're in a town of 100,000 people and you've got a 200-man police department, because, you know, if you look at your town, look at the size of the police department, and now they're talking about defund them so they may have less. But if you've got a you know 100,000-person town and a 200-man police department, do you really think that when you call 911 and they're getting 911 calls all over the town that they're going to dispatch the whole police department over there to help you? Or even five? Or how about two? If craziness is going on all over the town, do you think that they're going to come to your house? 
I want you to think about something. All those policemen, most of them have families. And if the proverbial crap hits the fan, do you think that they're going to care about you or their family first? How many of you ever think about that? About the only thing you're going to have left to protect you is going to be Jesus Christ to protect your soul. And the Second Amendment might protect your physical being and your family. Are you going to sit by and let things happen? You see, the Jewish nation was rounded up by the by the Nazis in World War II because they advocated peace. They didn't want to resist. Their rabbis told them no weapons. And over six million Jews were rounded up, gassed, machine gunned, exterminated. Do you have any idea... How many able-bodied soldiers, fighters, would have been in six million Jews? Let's just take a conservative estimate and say about two million. That's two million able-bodied fighters that could have resisted the Nazis. Because their military wasn't that large. You see, that's what they're doing to us now. They're coaxing you, telling you that it's better to let the government take care of you. It's better to trust in government programs. It's better to turn your weapons in to the government. We're the only ones that need weapons. Then if you want another history lesson, the Indians had bows and arrows. And the U.S. Army, the U.S. Cavalry had guns. Who did it work out for? It didn't work out too well for the Indians, did it? You should let our history be an example of what you don't want to be to see a repeat of. Being a Christian is more than just saying you carry a Bible and you go to church. Paul tells us that we need to be ready to defend the faith. That's not just with the Bible in our hands. If need be, it's with action. You see, ever since the time of Jesus, which is the time the Christians began, there have been people looking for a way to destroy the people that represent Him, that share in His ways, that help spread the belief system. 
you represent the light of Christ in a world of darkness. Jesus says in the first chapter of John that, that He came, the light, in a world of darkness. And He's been shining that light ever since creation. A lot of you people thinking, oh, He don't know what He's talking about. Tell you what, you pick up your Bibles and start reading John, the first chapter. John is the theology of Christ. It's written by John, the one closest to Christ. But it's the book of the theology of Christ. It's one of the best books in the Bible. And then if you're worried about all this superstition and things that people say and you're, oh, it's not really going to happen. Well, just go back through your Bible and find the things in there that were predicted. And then I want you to put a check mark beside the ones that didn't come true. I'm going to tell you, there won't be very many check marks in your, on your paper. Everything in the Bible comes true. Has come true, does come true, will come true. It's just a matter of sometimes we may not find a place in archaeology. But when we do, we find proof of it. So... When you put on the full armor of God, it's about to get real. Jesus said it'll never be easy. But I tell you what, the, I guess you, the way you could say it is, you know, if you work at a company, they got 401k and retirement benefits and stuff. I'm telling you what, the 401k plan and the retirement benefits of being a Christian sure outweigh the ones that aren't. You see, I know where I'm going. And I know I'm going to get a new body when I get there. And I'm going to be with the loved ones that have gone on ahead of me. And I know that I'm going to be in a beautiful climate-controlled area that's comfortable. And I'm going to be dining at a banquet every day. The lion will lay with the lamb. There will not be any sadness, agony, grief, hurt, pain. Nothing but joy and happiness when I get there. But the ones that don't get there, the ones that refuse to accept Christ as their Savior... Y'all got another thing coming, like the song says. You're going to be gnawing and gnashing of the teeth. This campfire I'm standing around right here with the smoke, it ain't 
even the hottest part of the center of it ain't going to be as hot as where you're going to be. And that cool brook of water right here behind me, it might as well be five million miles away because you'll never get it to touch your lips. Kind of funny how all this came together from the start, isn't it? Well, this is Pastor Chip. I hope you all have a blessed day. And I hope you make that choice to live for Christ. I'd love to be on the winning team with you. So everybody be safe, be blessed, keep praying for our country, get out and vote, because every vote counts. Every single vote counts. God bless you.